Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
I want to thank you and praise you for the privilege of being on the program tonight, ministering your word, Father. I count this as an honor and a blessing, Father. Father, you tell us in your word it's not by power and might, but by your spirit. And by your Holy Spirit tonight, Father, I ask that you would prepare every heart. Give me the words to say. Anoint what I say and anoint the hearts. And, Father, this is a very personal thing, what this this meeting tonight, what it's about. And I pray that each person you would minister to wherever they are at, whatever their needs are, Father, that you would minister to each one personally that is looking to be ministered to tonight. And, Father, for everything is accomplished, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You know, tonight, as I prepared for this uh, program, you know, and the title of this, this message is called The Lord's Prayer for You. You know, I could just call it the Lord's Prayer, but, you know, the Lord's Prayer was not just for everybody, but it was for you personally, you see. We need to look at God's Word and, and what Jesus said and did and take it personal. Stop looking at it in a realm it's for everybody, which we know that it is. He did it for mankind. But make it personal for you because you have a personal life, you see. You have a personal calling, a personal anointing. It's personal with you. He has a, a plan for your life, so keep it personal because you need to know personally what he wants for you, you see. We all are individuals, and he has one thing for you, he has one thing for me, he has one thing for somebody else. But we must keep it personal. That way we know what God wants us to do, and that's the all-important thing. Okay, the Lord's Prayer for you. Okay, if you have your Bible, look in uh, Mark, or excuse me, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. We're going to start there. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, that when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now, many times as you read that verse, sir, you would think, well, yes, the uh, disciples ask him, teach us how to pray, what we are to say, Lord, what should we say? But, you know, it goes deeper than that, the real meaning of that. What they wanted to know wasn't how to pray, because they knew how to pray, but they observed Jesus, they saw Jesus, they knew his his glory, his might, his power, the awesomeness of Jesus. They they saw everything about him, and they looked at him, and that's what they wanted. They said, Lord, teach us to pray that we can be used like this, that we can be mighty men of God. You see, they wanted to see that they could do what he was doing. You see, they wanted what he had to be what he was doing. It wasn't just to learn how to pray, but, Lord, help us to be what you are doing. How do we pray that we can get to the place where you are at, you see? So they wanted what he had. And in this prayer, as you read and study the Lord's Prayer here tonight, and as we minister on the Lord's Prayer, you're going to learn tonight it really was conclusive. It is conclusive for every one of us. It's a whole ball of wax, so to speak, as he prayed. He covered everything. And, you know, that's just like Jesus and the Lord. You know, what he did for us, he made it complete, a complete adventure. He didn't leave anything out. Everything was there, and we need to recognize that, that we're lacking nothing in the Lord. He has everything that we have need of. Okay, 
let's look at uh, Matthew. We'll start with Matthew chapter 6, uh, starting with verse 9 and through Matthew 6, 15. I'm going to read these verses because this is the Lord's Prayer. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if we forgive men their trespasses, our Heavenly Father will forgive also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Okay, we're going to start with uh, verse number number nine at the beginning here. After this manner, therefore pray you, our Heavenly Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, hallowed be thy name. Now, hallowed, what does that mean? Well, it means holy. Your authority, your character. It has to do with authority, holiness, and character. And God is not only holy and not only uh, the character he has and authority, but he is God. He is I am. He is all things. He is all things good, you see. So hallowed, that, that is in the, the deepest meaning, the most deep, powerful meaning that it can be because when we de- try to define God, which we can't do, he is so great and so big and so mighty, it's impossible for our vocabulary and words to say that would really be a credit to him in the realm of really who he is. We're just a very small portion. When I say hallowed his, his, uh, his name, it's so far beyond that. So that's just in our little uh, small brains and wisdom is to try to fathom God. So he's beyond all understanding and comprehension. But we say hallowed, holy is your name, is how the Lord told us to pray. He said, pray that way. Okay, now he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now that is a big, big verse right there. First of all, what is a kingdom? What is a kingdom? Okay, Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom is. And God's kingdom, when he said right here in the uh, 10th verse, his kingdom is a kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. It's, it's his dwelling place. It's what he represents. Now, I want to I really say something to you right here. It's so important that, that you look at this. And don't look at it there again at, at everybody. Look at it for yourself. How do I measure up? How am I receiving? Is, is the Lord's Prayer being answered in my life, you see? That's what you have to do. You have to question yourself. Now, watch what I'm going to say here. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. First of all, is there peace and joy in heaven? Yes. Is there healing in heaven or health in heaven? There's no sickness in heaven, right? Is there any poverty in heaven? Is there hate? Is there jealousy? Is there fear? Is there torment? Is there misery? Of course not. Now, when you think about that, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, okay, I have to look at myself. Is God's will done in my life on earth as it is in heaven? So on earth, he wants me to be living like I was in heaven. In other words, I'm to be healthy. I'm to be prosperous. I'm to have joy, peace, strength, wisdom, love. 
everything that heaven has he wants for you and I to have here right now, even though we aren't in heaven, we don't have our glorified bodies, but yet the things that are, are in heaven, we are, we are to have here on earth, you say. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come, come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he wants his will done. Jesus wants his will done on this earth where you and I are living right now as it is in heaven, as we prepare for heaven someday when we go to heaven. We know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Now, you see, that is certain is the will of God in many things. You know, when you say, well, what is your will, God? Well, his will is his word. His word is his will. Okay, when you say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's pretty simple to know that God is against sickness. He's against poverty. He's against hatred. He's against murder. He's against lies. He's against fear. He's against worry. He's against torment. He's against unhappiness. Uh, he, he's against all those things because heaven is a joyous place. Heaven, There's nothing lacking in heaven, you see. Now, there's no devil in heaven, right? And that's, that's who's causing the problem in the earth is the devil. But he's given us authority over the devil that we can make our lives part of what heaven is like by using the authority and his promises that he's given to us in his word. That's why he's given us all these precious promises. In fact, in Second Peter 1, verse 3 and 4, he said he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness on this earth. Everything it pertains to us, so we're lacking nothing. But it's through these promises that you and I can come to the place that thy will will be done on earth as it is in heaven in my life, you see. I want God's will, the way it is in heaven, done with me on this earth. I want to live that way. I want to live on this earth the way they do in heaven, you see. I realize it won't be to that degree, but still what he has for us here, I want the most that I can get, the most I can be, the most I can do. I want to receive those things. I want to live in those things. I want to walk in those things because they're for me. They're for you, you see. He has the best for us. We, we are living just such a small amount of anything on this earth. In fact, uh, not even 1% of what he has for us and what he wants to do in our lives and through our lives. He wants us to have an abundant, joyous, prosperous life. And he wants us to have a fruitful life, you say. He wants us to demonstrate and show Jesus in our lives. So that needs to be your goal and my goal. His will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I measure my life by. What isn't in heaven should not be here on earth with me. What's not in heaven should, shouldn't be anything in me in this earth, you see. Now, the things that are negative in this earth that would try to be exactly opposite of what is in heaven attack us. They come against us, you see. But if you notice, uh, the weapons that come against us shall not prosper, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. The weapons that come against us shall not prosper. They will not prosper. They are just boo, boo, as the devil would say. You try to scare us with them. You see, try to bluff us. But what comes against you, the weapons will not come against us. They will not prosper. They'll come against you. That is bad news, negative news, fear, uh, torment, and all types of things that are said and done in this earth to try to scare you. They're weapons of the devil. But they won't prosper if you believe they won't prosper and stand on the word of God, what it says, you see. That, that's why he gave us these promises. He knew that uh, these weapons would come against you and I, but there again, we believe his word, what it says about what he wants for us to have here on earth, or we believe what the doctor says or what the banker says or somebody else in a negative sense, you see. 
we must recognize that we have to stand strong and the weapons formed against you and me will not prosper. They cannot prosper if we use the word of God with a pure heart and believe his words. If we will dare to do that and they cannot prosper, or otherwise the Bible's a lie. I mean, we need to start believing the word because we're living in an hour. We better believe the word of God than things come against us, all these weapons that we're seeing, because if we don't, we're not going to make it, folks. So we have to believe what God wants on this earth. We are going to receive that. We're going to walk in that thing, and we will allow nothing to stop us. You have to have a, a attitude. Well, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it before us. You have to have a violent attitude against the works of hell, against the things that are not in heaven but are trying to be perpetrated on this earth to God's people. We have to recognize that, hey, what's in heaven is supposed to be with me in this earth here. I'm supposed to have joy, peace, everything. It goes with it, health, finances, everything that I have need of. Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. The 23rd Psalm, the first verse. Amen? Okay. The next thing here, the 11th uh, verse right here, Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread. Now, do you ever consider what that is? What is your uh, daily bread, you say? What is, what is that? Well, your daily bread is everything that comes your way that day. In other words, God has a little page in heaven what's going to happen with me today. He has plans for me this day. He had plans for me this day. He'll have another plan tomorrow, another plan the next day if he tarries. He has a plan every day for you. So, Lord, give me your plan this day, whatever it is. Now, it isn't just the things that come your way like money or maybe another job or something else, you know, in the realm with things coming to you. It's maybe opportunities to witness to somebody, to, to help somebody, to pray with somebody, to be with somebody, to encourage somebody, to call somebody, or somebody's to call you. Now, it's very important that you and I say that every day, because I'll tell you what, if we don't say that every day and make sure, you know, it, it can be a, a situation that happens that we can't get it tomorrow. We won't be able to play catch-up with it because it's only for that day, and we won't be able to get it back. There could be something tomorrow if I don't pray that prayer and I don't really bother doing it, that it'll come my way one time, and if I miss it, I miss it, you see. So we need to say, Lord, give me your daily bread for me, what you have. So it could be a multitude of things, you see. What, what am I, what's supposed to transpire in my life tomorrow? What's supposed to transpire in your life tomorrow? Give me that daily bread and help me to walk in it and to do it the way you want it done, according to your word, and please you and all that comes my way. Help me to live a godly life, to do what you want me to do, to be a fruitful person, to do what you have for me, Lord. Give me this daily bread. I'm here to serve you. My life is to serve you. That's how we present ourselves to him for this daily bread, you see. It's not just the, the food that we would eat, but it's everything that, it's going to happen that day for us. And, and recognize this, there's things that might happen tomorrow in your life will be a step towards what your vision and goal is in life that God has for you, you know. So it could be a step. If you miss that step, or you're not going to get to where you're supposed to go. Because we get to the places where God takes us as we go from glory to glory by taking a, a step at a time, you see. We don't graduate. God doesn't graduate or skip grades with you and I. He walks them out, you see, by steps. He doesn't say, well, you're in first grade. I want to put you in the sixth grade now. No. No, he, he brings it in steps. He prepares us, you see. Okay. Twelfth verse here. 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Look at that closely. And forgive us our debts as, as we forgive our debtors. In other words, as I'm a forgiving man, God forgives me. If I'm a, a, a very forgiving man, he's a very forgiving God to me. But if I'm a unforgiving man or not a very forgiving man, he's not going to be a very forgiving God to me. In other words, as I forgive others, you forgive me, Lord. So you see, it's all about seed sowing. Uh, we can sow a bad seed, which would be not forgiving, or good seed of being forgiving, you see. Now, we can give much and receive much with the seed sowed, or give little, and we receive little. It's all about sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, you see, and everything. And that's not just speaking of finances and things like that, but our very actions, our very actions are seed time and harvest. So as I do, so be it unto me, you see. If I'm not a very nice guy and not doing very well or not being very kind to people, uh, hey, that's bad seed, and we, we reap a harvest of that. Have you ever seen people sometimes that are going through some really some bad times? And I'm not saying this is everybody now, so don't misunderstand me, but some people are living a hard time now because of the bad seed they sowed maybe yesterday. Now, I'm not just speaking of yesterday itself, but it could be a week, two months, or two, or a year, or whatever back. But there's a harvest that comes back of what we are sowing, the sowing and reaping. That's why we need to be very, very careful of the seed we sow. In fact, I'm recognizing that I need to be more careful what I sow with my actions, my words, and what I do personally. I need to be more close with that and really be more uh, absolute about what I'm doing and making very sure that it's pleasing to God what I'm doing because I don't want to get a harvest back of negative things. And I know you don't either. So you see, as you give, you will receive. Always remember that. You know, it's like the golden rule. Uh, it's in the Bible. It's really in the Bible. That's where they got it from. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that's really the truth. How do you like to be treated? What do you like to happen to you? Uh, you're not going to be negative or hurt somebody if you don't want that to happen to you, you see. And we have to take that very seriously because there again, sowing and reaping. Uh, he said in Galatians 6, 7, be not, God is not mocked. Whatsoever thou shalt sow, so shalt thou reap. Galatians 6, 7 where that's found. Now, the next verse, Matthew 6:13. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, God doesn't lead you and I into temptation. He doesn't lead us into temptation. What it's really telling us here that Protect me and give me wisdom that I don't fall into temptation and deliver me from things and those that are trying to destroy me, which he does do. Uh, he says in Psalms 107:20, he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent his word. That was Jesus. Jesus was the word that he sent, and he delivered us from our destruction. That can be physical sickness, that can be poverty, that can be about anything that comes our way, the things that are out to destroy us. He sent his word to deliver us. Uh, he said in, uh, in Psalm 66, yeah, Psalm 66, 18, he said, and it, many, well, I, I'm quoting the wrong scripture to, to you right there, but uh, he says in, uh, well, something 
something else I had in mind. I'm sorry, I kind of messed up with that. But uh, many of the okay, yes, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And we have to recognize there's going to be afflictions that are becoming our way because if you're doing a work for God, if you're doing a work for God, the enemy is going to come at you. And the more effective you are, the stronger he's going to come at you, the harder he's going to come at you. So recognize the things that are trying to afflict us, but he delivers us from them all, from them all, you see. We must see that. Don't think that you're going to just be hit and you're down and out. See, that's what usually happens to us when, when things happen to us. It appears like there's no hope. We can't see a, a, a right a light, a ray, ray light, no light at all. In other words, it's darkness around. We don't see a ray of hope at all. But recognize that this, too, will pass. We have to view life in a way like that because we're living in a time that this is the kind of things that are going on now like never before. But recognize you're a child of God. It won't happen to me. I'm victorious through this. He's delivered me through it. It will not hold me down. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. We have to have this kind of an attitude because if you look at circumstances and your feelings and what is going on around you, that, that's very discouraging, folks. But I've learned that when you see God in your life and you know he's with you, the greater one in First John 4, 4 is within you. When you know he is within you, and it's not by power and might, but by the Holy Spirit, as it tells us in Zechariah 4, 6. I got God with me, see. He's within me. He's working through me. He's in me. He's working in me, through me, and all over me. So, therefore, I cannot be beat by the things of this world or the devil or what this world says, you see. This world is making a lot of bad statements, making a lot of, doing a lot of bad things. But yet, I'm not a part of that thing. I don't hold to that. I don't, I'm not marching to that drumbeat. I have a different leader. My leader is Jesus Christ. It's not Satan. And you must see yourself that way and recognize when he's your leader, they're going to have to defeat him to defeat you because he's within you, right? We need to look at life that way. He's within me. I can't be defeated. I'm believing you, God. I'm standing with you of what I'm facing right here, you see. And he will give you wisdom uh, when those come around to tempt you or temptations would go to come your way. Uh, matter of fact, the greatest uh, thing that he did really for his temptation was concerned, you know, was the Garden of Gethsemane. When he had the choice, he had to make a decision there. Was he going to go to the cross or was he not going to go? So what happened was he said, Father, I choose not if it be possible to take this cup from me, but if not, not my will, but your will be done. And that gave you and I the victory over the temptation to do the wrong thing, to make the wrong decision or the wrong move. The blood that he shed there, it actually shed down his forehead there. That blood gave you and I the ability. The temptation cannot overcome us. It cannot overcome us. In fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, ten thirteen, he said that uh, we can be tempted, but he won't allow temptation to go beyond what we can handle, but he'll make a way of escape in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. So recognize that nothing can overtake you as you are following the Lord. It might look that way. It might be a weapon formed against you, but it will not prosper unless you let it prosper. The only way that weapons prosper against you and I is when we actually just quit and give up and say, that's it, I'm done. You see, if we do that, then we, we don't have any, uh, any hope. There's no chance to making it. 
But if you stay with God and stay in his word and believe him, you will not be defeated. You can't be because they would have to defeat God, whatever it is, to defeat you. But if Satan can scare you and get you off now your faith for whatever you're standing for, if he can do that, then he's got free reign on you there, you see. You don't have a chance. Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And being he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that's his way of doing it, is to uh, bring weapons before you, and those weapons look so big, and my, oh, my, I don't have a chance. Oh, my, I can't make it. Well, see who's fighting those weapons. Is it you fighting the weapons, or is it Jesus? When I see Jesus fighting those weapons that come against me, I have no trouble at all believing him. But if I see myself fighting those weapons, then I have big trouble. So it's a matter of uh, who you are looking to. When Peter walked the water, walked in the water right there, he had his eyes focused on Jesus. And if you focus on him, you're going to walk in that water. You're going to, no weapon's going to hurt you. But when you take your eyes off Jesus because of the circumstances and situations and feelings, then you're going to make yourself vulnerable, you see. You're no longer under that anointing and that power. So remember, uh, he is there for you that you cannot be defeated. You're, you're undefeatable in the eyes of Jesus Christ and in, in, in his presence, you see. You're in him. You can't be defeated. Okay? Now, in Matthew 6, uh, chapter 14, or excuse me, Matthew 6, verse 14, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, that is a very difficult thing right there. Uh, it's really a lot of people kind of, they'll read that verse, they'll say you have to forgive to be forgiven and all that, but you don't really take it seriously. He's saying it, and this is the way I'm taking it. So I'm going to say this in a very strong form right now. And I certainly wouldn't want to play with it. I'll tell you, it's nothing to play with. But if somebody does something to me, this is a case example. Somebody does something to me, we'll say right now, and I choose not to forgive them. I want to hold that grudge towards them. Okay, uh, say tomorrow I do something wrong, and I say, Father, forgive me, because whatever it was, you know. You know, actually, according to what Jesus said right here, the Lord would say, I can't forgive you because you didn't forgive so-and-so. I won't forgive you because you didn't forgive, you see. And in that case, if I'm living in unforgiveness and I leave this earth, I'm going to leave it with, with my baggage on my sins, you see, not being forgiven. So I really believe it's that important, folks. You know, we haven't taken this scripture serious enough many times, but, you know, if I walk around with the... Uh, right of thinking I can be unforgiving against so-and-so, and I walk this way, what's going to happen is I'm not going to be receiving forgiveness from the Father. He's going to tell me about that. He's going to tell me about that. Uh, matter of fact, I have a story to tell you about that. This is uh, really a special one. Uh, years ago, I used to work at uh, Mack Truck years ago. I was a machinist, and I was a Christian, of course, there at that time. And I had a supervisor who used to really give me a hard time. Now, this guy was one of the most proud, arrogant people that you have ever seen. And he was a violent type guy. He would hit people with his fists. He got mad. He had a bad temper. And he never hit me or anything like that. But anyhow, 
uh, he, he just uh, very abusive as my supervisor, as my boss. Well, uh, I left that department, and I went to another department work. And uh, anyhow, I guess it's maybe seven years later, we'll say. I don't know the exact date, but about seven years later, uh, he called for me to come down to his office. Now, meantime, he had gotten promoted. He became a general foreman. He got a higher position in the company. And uh, he called me to come to his office. So I went in there, and he told me that he became a Christian. I said, well, praise God. Glad to hear that. He said, yes. And he said, you know, I was at the altar last night. This was on a Monday, and, of course, he was at church on Sunday. He said, I was at the altar last night, and I was praying, and God told me to call you into my office and ask your forgiveness the way I mistreated you uh, those years that you worked for me, which was a number of years ago. And I said, well, certainly I forgive you, though, and we talked and everything. And I just thought about that. And you would have to know him to real, realize what how great a testimony this is, I'm telling you. Because this man, you don't find any more person any more arrogant and many times hateful than this man. And for him to do that, that was not him at all. He, believe me, it was 180 degrees to ask forgiveness and humble himself. But he surely did that. And he completely turned 180 degrees around. So you see, things that I've done years ago, things that you've done, things that might have done, it perhaps God will speak to you even right now that you have to maybe make something right that happened 10 years ago. Uh, there's things in our lives, you know, we have to be open to the Holy Spirit that uh, we make sure that everything is right. Now, you don't manufacture anything like that. If, if your heart is, is right and you have peace in your heart, that's fine. But we need to examine ourselves like Paul said. He said, uh, I examine myself. Otherwise, he said, after preaching the gospel, I'll become a castaway. Uh, and we have to uh, examine ourselves and make sure everything is right, you see, because that, that's the key to everything we do, you know, even in prayer. And it's something that we need to stress more, too. And I, I do this generally when I'm talking to people. Uh, you can pray for something. You can ask God to do something. But if you have an unforgiving heart, if you're in sin or if you're doing something wrong, uh, forget it. He says in, in uh, John nine thirty one, God doesn't hear the prayer of a sinner, but he that worships him and does his will. And if you regard iniquity in your heart, he won't hear you, you see. So you see, we can't have iniquity in our heart and have not a right heart and expect God to do something. A matter of fact, you can't have very much faith when your heart is not right towards God because you you feel that hey I'm I'm short here I I have to I can't pray to God He's not going to do anything for me I'm just not right with Him, you see. But we need to make sure our hearts are right. And uh, you know Psalms fifty one ten I like to pray daily too. He says, "Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me," and that's what I, I really want. I really want to say, "Create me a clean heart." And give me a right spirit, a right attitude about things, because your attitude, your altitude depends on your attitude. How far you and I go in the things of God or anything is our attitude. It's all about attitude. You know that? And it's not just a Christian uh, serving the Lord or a minister in, in, uh, in Christianity, but it's also in any job that you do, any work that you do, if you have the wrong attitude towards it, you're not going to be successful at it. You're not. You won't. You you won't be because uh, first of all, uh, your attitude is gonna is gonna mess you up. You're not going to do what you should do. You're not going to do it the right way, and you're going to be negative all the way. And uh, 
You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, it says in Proverbs 23, 7. And you're going to think negative about everything, and therefore everything will come your way will be negative, you see. You say, well, I can't make this. This isn't going to work. I'm going to fail. I'm not going to do this and have a bad attitude. You're going to fail. As you think, you become. What you think and believe and speak out of your mouth, according to the word of God, you will become. You will become in a positive way or in a negative way, you see. So as we look over the Lord's Prayer here and uh, read, read these verses right here, Jesus was trying to tell us in these verses, he says, first of all, is the greatness of God, you know, hallowed be his name. And then when he said about his will be done on earth as it is in heaven in our lives, he wants us to look at heaven just what it is and what it's about he wants us to, by his word and by his promises, make a little bit of heaven on this earth. Create a little bit of heaven where you and I are concerned. How much heaven can you and I create in our lives and through our lives to others in this earth? We need to show a little bit of heaven on this earth in our lives and through our lives is what he's saying. And if we all do that, there's going to be a whole lot of heaven shown in it. But we need to do our part that heaven will be on earth, beginning with us, in our lives and through our lives, you see. Not saying, well, if so-and-so would do this, and if they would do this, this would happen. No. When you want things corrected on the earth, when you want things corrected, it begins with you. You need to get the, with the program and do your part, and then point to your neighbor to do his part. But you need to concentrate and to do what you should do first. We have too many people out there trying to say, well, they should do this, and she should do that, the pastor should do that. What are you doing? Pointing fingers, Right. So we need to make sure you and I are on the right pathway doing the thing the way we're supposed to do it, and then we'll be able to help others, you see, to do it. Okay? Giving us our day, our daily bread, that's everything that his plans are for you and I that day. His plans for us that day. We're saying, bring those plans to me, Lord, what I'm to uh, have and to do, and show me how to do it. Be with me, guide me, direct me, and I will please you in this thing, and it will happen the way you designed it because your word doesn't come back void. I want to please you this day. I want to please you and do what you want me to do this day. All right? And then have an attitude where it says, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, Have a sowing and reaping attitude in regards to forgiveness, in regards to everything that we say and everything that we do, have a attitude that, hey, I'm sowing seed by what I'm doing here. I'm sowing seed by what I'm saying here, you see. I'm sowing seed, so what kind of seed is going to come back from the way I'm acting now? Is it going to be good or is it going to be bad, you see? We have to really take a look at ourselves objectively and honestly. We have to give ourselves an honest looking over and then say, Holy Spirit, Show me anything else that I'm to to see. But you have to be honest with yourself because you will not be honest with one another. You will not be honest with God until you're honest with yourself. It begins with you. Be honest with yourself, and then you can be honest with others and honest with God. Okay? He says, lead us not to temptation, deliver us from evil. Well, protect me, Lord, because, you know, evil comes my way, and, you know, Evil isn't just things you do, but I can, in my mind, the devil can bring a thought. And if I think of that thing in my mind, it's a wrong thought, it can be sin. And the one most obvious will say with women or something like that, if a man thinks the wrong way of a woman, he shouldn't think. Uh, If he's not married, he's 
fornication, or if he's married, it's adultery, even in your mind. If you do it in your mind, Jesus said it's like you've already done it. It's just like you've committed that act of adultery or fornication. I'm just bringing the obvious one out, but it's not just that. It could be you like to really hurt somebody or something like that. I like to really stomp on them, and it's like doing it. You know, you had that attitude towards it, and you used your energy right there, and that's that's, that's the way God recognizes it. It's sin, you see. You can sin in your thought process in your mind if you allow the devil to speak to your mind and just talk to him. In fact, what we are to do, we're to cast down the thoughts and imaginations that exalts itself against the word of God, you see. We're to cast them down like a fly comes on your hand, you shoot it away, you hit it away, you see. And we're to do that with the negative thing that comes in our mind that we don't entertain thoughts that displease God, you see. So we have to guard our minds and guard our hearts. Okay, the next thing. Uh, after you have that there, is uh, forgiving men their trespasses, being forgiving. And, uh, you know, there's a story in the Bible about that. I don't know if, if you re- ever recognize this. I've never heard anybody preach about it. But, you know, there was a man in the Scripture that uh, was forgiven about 40, well, it's $40 million he owed his Lord. And anyhow, uh, his Lord came after him. He was going to lock him up and put him away. But he asked for mercy. He asked for mercy, and his Lord forgave him. And uh, it's approximately $40 million, okay? So he was forgiven. So can you imagine if you owe somebody $40 million and you're forgiven a debt, right? That would be something, wouldn't it? Wow, $40 million. Okay. He was going down the street there, and uh, somebody had owed him money, which is about $40, $40 now. They owed him money, and they said, forgive me, forgive me, just let me go here, forgive me on this. Now, he had just been forgiven for about $40 million, and a debtor that owed him wanted forgiveness. He said, no, he said, I will not forgive you. We're going to lock you up till you pay it. You're locked up. He would not forgive him. Okay, what happened? People saw this, and they went back to his Lord, and they told him how he did not forgive the person that owed him, and then, of course, uh, his Lord took him back and made him pay the price also. And you know what that is really like? And the Lord had showed me this, a revelation of this. You know, I'll use myself as an example. I've been forgiven of much. I've known the Lord for 50 years and been a minister nearly 50 years. Now, I've been forgiven mountains, okay? Now, with that in mind, we'll say that somebody... Uh, does something to be trivial. Maybe they said the wrong thing or anything, just something trivial. Okay, they did something wrong to me. I don't forgive them. I'm forgiven by God. He forgave me of mountains. I've been forgiven of mountains, right? Now, if somebody does something to me and I uh, I don't forgive them, I say, hey, they messed with me there. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to forgive them for that. That was trivial. That was like comparing $40 to $40 million and you see, that's ridiculous, isn't it? And the money sense has been ridiculous, what I told you there. But it's just as ridiculous of what you and I have been forgiven of to hold something against somebody else that's trivial compared to what God forgave us for. You see, when you look at in the light of what you were forgiven for, and then you have a hard time forgiving somebody else of what they did, and when you see it in the true light, it's a lot easier to be a forgiving person because, hey, God, you forgave me of everything, and and you want me to be a forgiving person. If you can forgive me everything, man, I can forgive that man, or I can forgive that woman. You see, you have to have that attitude. 
And when you have that attitude and see things as they really are, instead of going by your feelings or emotions, when you see it scripturally and what God has done, then you're able to do it because you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, just like Jesus said in Gethsemane. In other words, I don't particularly like this situation, but, Lord, you said it, and I must obey you no matter what I feel, think, or what what it is. I must obey you. And that's what we have to, to drum into ourselves, you know. We must do it. I, nobody can do it for you. The Lord can't even do it for you. He can't because he's given you a free will. But you and I have to grasp some things and take them to heart. And that's where we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling, where the Scripture tells us that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So you see, it's a full-time job just taking care of yourself. It's a full-time job for me. I know it's a full-time job for you, and it's a full-time job for everybody. It's a full-time job, but we, if we're on the mark, if we're following the Lord, it's simple. If we're following the Lord, we flow in these things. We flow with them. But if we're not, it's, it's a battle because if we're just kind of wavering and say, well, I'm going to do what I want to do here, but I'll do what you want there, and we're just kind of dickering back and forth, it, it doesn't work out. You see, that's where the battle, that's when we get depressed. That's when we miserable. We can't sleep at night. But if you have peace with your God in these things and you have a right heart, uh, you're at peace no matter what happens in this world. I'm at perfect peace right now. No matter what's going on in this world, what's being said, what's done, I have perfect peace because I know who's in charge of this world. And I, I know who I am in Jesus Christ, and I know what God has done for me over all these years. Many, 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 many miracles are countless. And some are tremendous miracles, just like you read in the Bible. Just every bit as powerful as those miracles. God has showed himself in my life. And I know some other people can say that too, but we've seen it, my wife and I, a lot of things that God has done. And we know God is able, amen? He is able. So recognize when Jesus prayed that prayer for you, that's what he was saying. Just these few things that I uh, brought up here tonight, that is some of the things that I don't say this is everything because I know, when I teach the Word, just like when I hear somebody else teach or preach, what happens is I don't just hear what they say, but I get revelations for myself, for me personally, as well as what other things it says. And that's what, when somebody's really preaching the Word, you will get revelation, personal revelations for yourself and direction, you see, because it's not by power and might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Now, the Lord was speaking to me about that Zechariah 4, 6 here tonight, and I wanted to bring that up in this program because, remember, everything that's done in your life and through your life isn't by your power or your might, but by the Spirit and through the Spirit of God. He does it. You're just a channel. You're just a vessel. Okay? All right. I'm going to have a word of prayer right now for, for everybody here tonight. Uh this is a different, a little different tonight. This is a personal message, and I know there's people listening out there, and I know God ministers hearts out there. I know this. I can feel the anointing of God because he wants to get people to the place that in this earth there is like there is in heaven. In other words, he wants you to live your life victoriously and abundantly on this earth just like it is in heaven because people will notice you. You'll be a witness for God. They'll come around you. They'll they'll want to see you. But what you do is you draw people to yourself. That happens, you know. And we realize it isn't us that draws them. It's the Holy Spirit in us. So what we do, we just turn them over to Christ, you see. 
people come to us because we're the individual person. They see us with their eyes, but you tell them who it was and who did it, and then they turn their eyes to him, you see. That's what you and I are supposed to do. That's why he gets all the glory. We take no glory for ourselves, you see. We, it wasn't us to begin with. They don't really see. They want to try to give us credit, but we didn't do a thing. It's him in us. All the good in me is Jesus. All the bad in me is me. That's what it boils down to. I take credit for all the negative in my life, all the positive that anybody sees in my life. I give God all the glory for it because only him. It's not because of me at all. You see, and that's the way we have to look at life. You see, and that's that's humility. That's truly humility. You're not thinking yourself of anything. You're thinking of Him being everything. I am nothing without Him, but I'm great in Him. I'm a powerhouse in Him. I am absolutely zero. In fact, I'm below zero uh, out of Him. And you're the same way, folks. You have that same thing. Not one person above another. As much as you dare to believe God to do abundantly above all that we ask according to the power that works in us, Ephesians 3.20. So, you see, the prayer that Jesus prayed in this scripture we went over tonight was a prayer to launch us, to launch us to higher heights. That's a, a launching prayer he did for us, you see, as Christians, those that come to him as, as Savior and Lord, that was a launching prayer to get us out there, to get us out there, you see. All we have to do is follow and believe that and allow him to move in our lives. Amen? Well, I'm going to pray a prayer tonight, uh, kind of a, a blanket prayer. First of all, for, for salvation of those who don't know Jesus, those that need filled with the Holy Ghost, those that are sick. Uh, I'm not going to guide you into them and teach them. I have other uh programs on here if you go into the on-demand section on the baptism of the holy spirit healing you can you can be be specific but i'm just going to pray a, a prayer it's going to cover these areas and if you have a need in these areas just receive it as the anointing of the holy spirit is here upon this program okay are you ready to receive father as we come before you right now i just thank you for this word tonight i thank you for your very presence tonight I feel your presence very strongly in my heart right now, Lord, and I thank you for that. I just pray that if, if there's any person or persons out there that doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you will bring them to you tonight, draw them by your Holy Spirit, that they will ask you to forgive them, knowing that they are a sinner and believe that you died, buried, and resurrected for them, and ask you to come into their heart and to save them and just to take over their life. This is something simple like that, Father, that they just, just receive you and say, Lord, I just want you to be my Savior and your Lord, forgive me. Lord, I pray that those that are not saved would do that tonight. And I pray that those that are sick right now, those that are sick in body, those that are diseased, those that have bad reports, those that are in, in, in depression, those that are in, in a, a, a Yes, pornography or, or, or in any type of addictions, drugs, alcoholism, in the name of Jesus, all sickness, disease, drugs, any forces that have people bound right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I command those chains to be broken, all chains of bondage in body and mind and in every area of life right here. Oh, shut up, take care of my chicken, take care of Yes, any curses, any curses, any generational curses, all generational curses are broken and reversed in the name of Jesus. Reversed and broken.
in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, and reinstill love in the hearts of everyone tonight, Father. Reinstill love in the hearts of everybody tonight, Lord. Let your love just flow in the hearts of each one of us, Father, like never before, and fill us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us so. Yes, those that haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, Father, tonight, Lord, I just pray that you would just baptize them in the Holy Ghost right now, and they will speak in tongues. Lord, just yes, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for those that haven't received the baptism, the Holy Spirit will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now, in the name of Jesus, yes, and be empowered from on high, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes, if any need that I call, there any other need right now, I just mentioned a few things there, health, healing, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, being spirit-filled, delivered. Just receive from him. I want you just to receive from him right now. Just raise your hands up with your hands open, not your hands closed, because when your hands are open, that shows you have your hands open to receive from him. If they're closed, that means you don't really need anything to Raise your hands and just hold your hands up there and receive and do what he would have you to do right now because the Holy Spirit just wants to minister tonight to people. The Holy Spirit wants to minister, and that was the Lord's prayer. That was the Lord's prayer tonight. He wants to minister to you now. This is a very, very, very personal night. It isn't this way every time. Programs aren't always like this every time, but this is just a personal night for you. Lord's prayer for you. Just receive what he was what he wants to do. Just receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you are doing, what you have done, what you have done already, Father. That, that, that beautiful love, that beautiful anointing, that presence, that presence is just, it's so strong, Father. That presence of yours, the Holy Spirit is so strong. And Lord, just move, move mightily on this audience. Those not just now that are listening, but those that will even be on the on-demand section, Lord, because we know the anointing stays there on the programs, Father. And I just pray that anointing will break all bondage because the anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. You cannot be bound when Jesus sets you free. And he comes to set you free. He's come to set you free in all ways. And always tonight. So it's a very personal night with you and him. It could be other areas and arenas in your life right now, but he's there. Just let him guide you in this because he knows what you need. and It's just you and him. It's not me. It's not anybody else. It's just you and the Lord right now. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give you all the glory and praise. Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God, glory to God. Well, praise God. Folks, I can't see you. I can't see you right now, but I know that the anointing is here to set you free. And you've been set free. I know many have been set free. God's presence, God's presence. And he he doesn't come around with his presence unless he really wants to do something. He's there in his presence, but the way I feel him tonight, he just, just, uh, all you have to do is be ready. All you have to do is be ready because his presence is there to do whatever you have need done. Amen. Okay, well, listen, I'm going to get off here, and I'm going to let you and the Holy Spirit have what he wants to do in your life right now because this is a time, I think, for many of you to, 
just go back in your bedroom or wherever, a place of quietness, and just receive what God wants to do for you right now, okay? Okay, and uh, I want to give you my email uh, tonight there. for If anybody would like to contact me, uh, my email is extended hands of Jesus at yahoo.com and also uh, on the program here if you're looking at it or listening to it on the computer you can look down there where the comments are and you can make comments down there also but if there's anything you'd like to ask or desire any prayer or anything else uh, please contact me or give me your give me your testimonies also that's why I spoke about the comments down there uh, under the program if you're on the uh, computer or contact me at my email and I'll say that again extended they're all small letters extended hands of Jesus yahoo.com and give me your testimony or whatever but just contact me there okay the Bible says in Psalms 105 1 it says make known his deeds to the people so glorify God and what he is doing and what he's done in your life okay Okay, well, you all have a blessed night, and we will see you later. We'll talk to you in in two weeks. God will have another powerful program for you in two weeks. Just come expecting, okay? Love you all. Good night.